Okay, why don't we get started. Um, about two years ago, Mayor Nutter of Philadelphia and Mayor Landrew of New Orleans came together uh, and invited other cities, including Madison, to join them in a program called Cities United, which was funded by the Casey Foundation, which is not to be confused with the Annie Casey Foundation. We worked for over a year on, on the project, which I'll get into more detail. And at the end of the first year, our work coincided with a critical announcement made by President Obama. And in fact, the day the President made the, the, the announcement, we were meeting uh, together for our, our second convocation, and the president launched what we're now referring to as my brother's keeper. Uh, this was in February of last year, and it was a challenge to mayors and to cities to address the persistent opportunity gaps faced by boys and young men of color and to ensure that all young people reach their full potential. The City of Madison Common Council accepted the President's challenge in September of 2014. Madison became one of a hundred cities that made a commitment to the President's challenge. The President provided a four-step playback for communities to follow. It included convening a local action summit, which was accomplished here in Dane County through the auspices and leadership of the United Way of Dane County. The nearly 50 My Brother Keepers summit attendees consisted of leaders from our communities of color, the city, the county, and state government. The MBK summit was crucial to identifying the root causes and barriers associated with the six goals of the initiative. Enter school cognitively, physically, and socially, emotionally ready for education. Read at grade level by third grade. Graduate on time from high school. Complete post-secondary education or training have adequate out-of-school activities, including employment, and remain safe from violent crime and receive second chances, which has been important to the success of every one of us. Then came the effort to conduct a policy review and form recommendations for action. The report will be made available today, and you'll hear from critical speakers in the next few minutes who are active in implementation. The policy review and recommendation report was assisted by a survey we conducted with young men of color within our community, including many who at the time were in jail and juvenile detention. The primary purpose of the survey was to allow young men of color to choose which of two of the six goals Madison should focus on in our efforts. 
these young men chose as goals all youth graduating from high school, all youth remaining safe from violence, crime, and receive second chances. Now comes the step to launch our plan of action and to establish a timetable for review. Today we're kicking off the fourth step. With us today are our partners who have primary responsibility for addressing our Madison goals and they will speak to their involvement. Essentially in this fourth step we will begin discussions with our partners as to how we can support, build capacity, or enhance the efforts of our area high schools for successful graduation, safe neighborhoods, and second chances. The, the speakers who will follow uh, are Dr. Cheatham, who will describe the district's involvement in our goals involving education. We will hear from Judge Koval on restorative courts. We'll hear from Chief Koval on safe neighborhoods, community policing and outreach. We will hear from our district attorney, Ozan, uh, on disparities in the system and restorative justice. And we will hear from Sheriff Mahoney on positive programming within the jail. I, I want to say before they, they speak that in our analysis, and the data we've seen regarding arrests, revolving disposition of cases, it is very clear that it's not just a question of initial arrest that is of concern, but there are tremendous disparities that we encounter after the arrest in the disposition of the case and the second chance. And I, I hope the importance of that is, is not lost uh, in our discussion today. Uh, Alderman Cheeks, who played a very important role in all of this, uh, should be mentioned. Uh, unfortunately, he was not able to be with us today. So, Dr. Cheatham. Good morning, everyone. Thank you for the opportunity to be here today. It's wonderful to see um, people from across our community come together to support our African-American youth, boys in particular. As a school district, we are committed to developing and nurturing a culture of excellence with equity. That means holding everyone, students and adults alike, to high expectations, but giving them what they need to be successful. We're working hard at exposing and addressing the gaps and opportunity that have led to gaps in student achievement. And our strategy as a district is a combination of interrelated long-term uh, work, all aimed at raising student achievement for all, making sure that every child graduates ready for college, career, and community. We're making progress from the establishment of clear school improvement plans uh, tied to measurable goals in every school, to a common approach to professional learning across the district, um, aimed at making sure that everyone understands what great teaching looks like that's culturally and linguistically responsive, 
to our five priority areas, which are aimed at providing better tools and resources for schools, but mainly aimed at tearing down the institutional barriers that stand in our way. Um, but we cannot do it alone. Coordination of support and services on behalf of African-American youth and our community are crucial if we're going to be successful. One strategy stands out as having great promise to better coordinate services for our highest needs neighborhoods, to better serve students and our families, especially those families that need it most. Thanks to the Madison Community Foundation, over the next year we'll be able to fully explore and plan the potential introduction of uh, full service or what are sometimes called community schools in our district. I want to thank uh, the Justified Anger Coalition, Dane County Executive Joe Parisi, and the Mayor for your willingness to support us in this effort. We have many great resources in Madison, but many of our families still struggle with getting access to those services. Full-service schools or community schools integrate and coordinate those services directly into school sites. Not only can we better coordinate youth services, like after-school tutoring and mentoring, like recreation, but we can better coordinate services for families, which could include early childhood support, family engagement, and mental and physical health services. Over the next year, we will work with our board, our community partners, and families to help us develop a potential model. It's this kind of coordination and wraparound support for families that can really make a difference for our students and help impact outcomes for our African-American youth and boys in particular. I want to thank you again for allowing me to be here today. And I think I'm passing this off to Judge Koval. Good morning. Thank you for letting me be here today. I want to address um, a misperception that a lot of people in the community have about restorative justice practices and restorative courts. There's a perception among some that restorative justice and courts don't hold the person accountable, but that's far from the truth. In reality, restorative justice and restorative justice courts hold the person not only accountable, but look into the underlying problems and, and behaviors that are contributing to those, those crimes and those violations. So when I look at the two goals that the city is working on with this program, the first goal of making sure that students graduate, I want to talk about some of the restorative justice practices and courts that we're working on to help achieve that goal. A few years ago, we started up what's called uh, habitual truancy courts in the four high schools and in the alternative high school in Madison. So rather than having the students come to court and miss school to come to court, I go to the court, I go to the schools, each of the schools, every week, twice a week, during the school year. We sit in a room smaller than this. We have everyone there that is involved in the child's life, the parents, the guardians, counselors, social workers, principals, school nurse. Whoever has an input uh, on that student's life gets to participate in the program. We sit down and we, we discuss what the problems are, what the root issues are of the problem, and then we are fortunate to have community partners that will help provide the resources that we need to address those issues. So we have partnerships with the University of Wisconsin to provide drug and alcohol assessment help, to provide multidimensional family counseling. We have partnerships with Centro Hispano to provide support and services for the Latino students in the program. We have partnerships with the county to provide behavior intervention group help for students who need that kind of service. 
And we also have anger management counseling that we provide to the students. So working as a collaborative whole, we work to try to address the truancy issue so that the student can ultimately graduate from school. It was actually a really uh, moving example this year of a student that we've been working on for over a year because we see the students for the whole year. It's not just one, one court appearance. And this student had significant challenges. He, he lost both of his parents. He was being raised by his grandmother who had significant health problems. And needless to say, he had significant emotional and mental health needs that weren't being addressed. We talked about it in our group. We partnered with the agencies that we had in the community. And just last month, this student actually received an award for one of the most improved students. So the restorative justices and practices did help and do help to, to help students do better in school and hope, hopefully graduate from school. As far as the second goal of giving kids a second chance, that's basically what the philosophy is of restorative justice courts and restorative practices. It's to hold the person accountable, but to also work on those underlying issues and problems that contribute to that behavior so that they don't reoffend and it makes the community better as a whole. There's some great programs going on right now where either kids who come to my court, I can refer them to restorative justice courts, or sometimes they don't even have to come to court. They get referred directly to restorative justice courts. There are courts being conducted right now through the YWCA, through Briarpatch, and also through the Time Bank that are doing some great work with a lot of these kids, and hopefully that's going to be expanding in the future as part of this program. So if the kids successfully complete those restorative justice courts, not only does the case get dismissed, but they have no record of that case. So this is a, a way of giving kids a second chance, and I look forward to working more on achieving these goals through restorative justice practices and courts. Thank you. Morning, everyone. Now we all see firsthand why my mom always liked him better. Bottom line is, is that uh, the superintendent and I have spoken to this effect um, many times in the sense of wherein lies the future of Madison in terms of what sort of calculus can we use as an indicator or a barometer for what will improve the successes of everyone in an inclusive community that wishes such inclusion and successes for everyone. And invariably, we've sort of come, or at least so have I, to the synopsis is that there are two domains from which we can gather some, some measure of forecastability, one of which is what is going on in our schools, recognizing fully that schools are a microcosm of what's out there in the grander society, and, and that's why it's in all of our best interest to make schools a reigning success for everyone, for every student to prosper and to thrive. The other, of course, is the, the area I'm going to touch on briefly is what's going on in our neighborhoods, particularly as neighborhoods are becoming increasingly stressed with issues of economic despair and or habitability issues or a lack thereof. And so the tenets of community policing lie at its outset. The cornerstone is that we have to be in the business of relationship building at the outset. It's easy to catch kids doing something wrong or to have a hiccup or a speed bump or a miscue. That's part of the maturational process. 
what we have to commit to, and I'm certain our officers are, particularly in the neighborhood at the grassroots level, is to affirm and validate those kids as they're doing good things, to mentor them, to encourage them, and to understand that by building those relationships early and often, we then provide them attractive alternatives to other forks in the road that they're going to be confronting in the years ahead. And so I think that to that extent, uh, what we've found in traditional law enforcement, the call and response, is that you would hit a default switch. And that default switch would be look at the behavior. Is it a ticket? Is it an arrest? What all of our officers have been challenged to do and to embrace, particularly in light of those stark realities that we know to be racial disparities and our complicity in those, is that we have to think beyond that default switch. We have to think more out of the box creatively. And I'm asking all of our officers to embrace the challenge of looking for what I say is the BPR. What is the best possible resolution creatively that perhaps maybe even avoids the restorative justice component that is so erstwhile and essential. But if we can be preemptive, collaborative, and front load those services before it becomes a more formalistic engagement, all the better. And so to that extent, I'm here to pledge our commitment to this endeavor. Good morning. I'm Ishmael Ozan, your Dane County District Attorney. I would like to take this time uh, first to thank you, Mayor Soglin, uh, the Madison City Common Council, all our community partners who have worked so hard to bring this very important initiative to our community. As a black man and lifelong resident of Madison, I am personally familiar with the very real challenges young men of color face in this community. As the first district attorney of color in the state of Wisconsin, I am reminded every day of how these challenges result in devastating racial disparities in the criminal justice system. In my role as district attorney, I have prioritized the safety and well-being of children because I share President Obama's belief that all children deserve a healthy start in life. A start in life that is free of violence. Additionally, as a member of the Dane County Racial Justice Improvement Committee, I have contributed to the development of diversion and restorative justice programs, both in juvenile delinquency and in the adult criminal system. These programs give people a second chance. And I believe meaningful second chances present opportunities for growth. Therefore, today it is my honor to publicly endorse my brother's keeper and announce my continued commitment to the goals set forth in this critical initiative. Thank you. Good morning. I as well uh, enthusiastically uh, am honored to join these great leaders in our community as we support and endorse 
the President's My Brother's Keeper initiative. As you've heard from many of my colleagues, previous speakers, our community and its level of safety is defined by our schools and by our neighborhoods. All youth and young adults should be safe from violent crime. And those confined in our jails all across our country, and particularly here in Dane County, should receive the education, training, and treatment options they need for a second chance. A second chance that will provide and produce positive outcomes. In the Dane County Jail, we have a disproportionate minority incarceration problem. I'm very happy to be part of a restorative justice movement that will provide opportunities for a second chance. Second chance for youth and for young adults. The Dane County Jail operates our city metro high school. We have at any given time large numbers of students in the Metropolitan School District all across our county. Today we have students from Madison. We have students from Stoughton, Sun Prairie, Oregon, and Mazamani who receive the outstanding services of our two high school teachers, our two Madison Metropolitan high school teachers. Many of our students also are undergoing treatment and drug assessments through the University of Wisconsin Hospital and Clinic's Adolescent Alcohol Drug Abuse Intervention Program, or ADAP, as it's often referred. That program provides assessment and referral for school-age youth of Dane County, and we have a growing number, a growing number who are addicted to opiate drugs. For adults, for our young adults, our Pathfinders AODA treatment program is a sentencing option for our circuit court judges. Our confinement alternative monitoring program or CAMP, our GPS program, allows individuals to continue living in their home to serve their sentences through a sober life, to allow to go to school, to go to work, and to learn that living in their household, they continue to be sober and productive citizens. And many of these young people, young adults, also participate in our volunteer initiatives all across our county. Last year, we did over 100,000 hours of volunteer work with individuals incarcerated in the jail. But there's much yet to do. As a member of our justice, criminal justice uh, partnerships, I look forward to working with our superintendent, our city police chief, our circuit court judges, our communities of color, our leaders all across this county. And I look forward every day to working with our district attorney who's committed to finding alternatives to incarceration and providing second chances for those 
in need of services. This is a better option. My brother's keeper is in line with the beliefs, the philosophies of this county, with the city of Madison and each one of our cities, villages, and towns, because we know there is a significant cost connected to incarceration. Not only a financial cost of well over $32,000 per year per individual, $2.7 billion a year across this state, there's a human cost. And in Dane County, I believe, it is our philosophy to address what causes result in people entering the criminal justice system to provide our neighbors, our brothers, our sisters, a better life. And I'm committed to that initiative. I support my partners in this initiative, and I look forward to Dane County carrying forth the President's initiative, My Brother's Keeper. Thank you. Thank, thank you, Sheriff. Um, before we go any further, uh, what I'd like to do is, again, do some thank yous. Um, Keetra Burnett, almost single-handedly, I shouldn't say that, it's not fair to everybody else at United Way, but made a heroic effort uh, in, in getting us organized through United Way to do the preliminary work for uh, the success that we've, we've we're about to embark upon. There was the summit planning group. Some of the folks involved in that are here today. There was a working group uh, who did an enormous amount to, to direct our, our efforts. There were over 200 young men who participated in the survey and provided uh, direction in terms of this, this effort. Uh, representing the city council here is Shiva Badar Siloff. Siloff uh, she uh, and the council members, Heather Allen from the council uh, staff, council legislative analyst, did, did an outstanding job. Uh, Raquel and Ashley from my office took on work uh, to, to make it, uh, to, to organize this, this effort. Um, the chancellor, represented by Everett Mitchell uh, here, is, is committed to the university's involvement. And certainly, uh, we want the University of Wisconsin to be a goal, a successful objective for everyone in, in our community. And the university uh, recognizes that commitment. The Urban League plays a major role in, in all of this, uh, ranging from job placement, the efforts that they will be making in the coming year to tremendously expand our uh, youth employment programs uh, and, and working with older adults in regards to restorative justice. Dr. Anthony, we're really appreciative of that commitment. Giving us guidance, uh, someone who has studied this, the, the, the challenges we faced, um, is Dr. Jolando Jackson. And there is so much we have to learn 
about what's wrong with existing systems that need to be changed. So, for, for on behalf of all the agencies and organizations, both in the public sector and the private sector, we're appreciative of these efforts. Uh, with that, um, let's look at our commitment here. And this is more than just individuals subscribing to the, the Madison Pledge. It is, as I said, building systems that are going to change the lives, not just of the young men for which we're committed, but their families, their siblings, their children as, as they, they enter adulthood, and our entire community. Um, this is more than just a sheet of paper. And so with that, I'd like to uh, take questions. Anyone who's up here uh, who uh, would like to make a contribution, I don't know if you would like to make a, a statement, uh, explain We Labs. I mean, that, to me, uh, is one of the great secrets of our community. Dr. Oh, sure, sure. Uh, Wisconsin's Equity and Inclusion Laboratory has uh, been given a, a wonderful opportunity to partner with uh, the uh, presidential leadership of My Brother's Keeper. We've been able to work um, through a commission uh, that has been supportive to multiple efforts uh, throughout our nation, and we are very delighted to be able to bring uh, that expertise and that connection uh, to our great city to be helpful. In a couple of weeks, we have a meeting uh, at the White House where we will be presenting uh, two programs that are stellar examples of what can grow out of My Brother's Keeper, um, and we'll be doing that then, and hopefully in the very near future, uh, the work that we're doing here will also be presented in the Oval Office as a stellar example of the kind of work when the community comes together with the right type of commitment, uh, what types of changes can occur. Thank you. Thank you. Any questions of us? Have we covered all bodies of knowledge? Yes. Can you speak to the potential cost of these initiatives and what access to corporate or foundation money you might get? When the president announced the initiative, he made it very clear that there would be no federal money uh, for this initiative and that communities were to find the resources themselves and that we've done. Uh, first, at this municipal level, I know this is going to have a bearing on our funding of our nonprofit partners in coming years. Uh, in fact, there's already been shifts in direction, though I wouldn't call them adequate. Secondly, we've already seen some steps in the private sector, such as the collaboration with the Madison Boys and Girls Club and the uh, uh, Urban League in regards to the private sector grant from the Rennebaum Foundation for the Summer Youth Employment, which also involves uh, five major Madison employers. Then we have the initiative Hire, uh, under the direction of United Way, where we've got probably up to 20 employers and government agencies uh, committed to 200 
permanent jobs for young adults. So uh, we are going to have to make some redirection. Uh, we have to face some redirection in our funding if this is going to be successful. There's now the My Brother's Keeper Alliance, which has hundreds of millions of dollars of corporate donations nationally. Is that something Madison can tap into? We hope so. Yes. But at this point, is there any taxpayer money committed to it from the city standpoint? From the standpoint of the city, we see it reflected in the funding of our nonprofit partners and in the changes we're making administratively within city government. Uh, changes, for example, in support of the restorative justice programs. Uh, you'll also see more in regards to uh, the placement of youth in summer jobs which will be tied to, to this program. Can someone say something more about the expansion of the restorative justice courts, um, whether there are actually going to be more courts, more, more opportunities uh, for, for people to be referred I, to? I, I, I'd like the district attorney and the judge to comment on this, but let me just say from someone who is outside of that administration of justice, we have oftentimes focused on police as the uh, core agency that deals with youth in trouble. And these efforts by uh, the judiciary and by the district attorney, I think, are absolutely critical if we're really going to change the, the direction of our community. We've got to look beyond police departments and look at how these cases are handled by the district attorney and in the courts. And what you're hearing from them today, I think, is a major shift in, in this effort. As far as expansion, um, the community restorative court that is uh, ramping up right now in the South District is entirely new. Um, so, yes, there will be an expansion. Um, that is a, a major expansion. This is a, a chance for this community to be a national leader in restorative justice. As far as I can tell, looking at the landscape of restorative justice and programs such as community uh, restorative courts, which is what ours is named, um, there is no one else in the nation that is focusing on the area that we are, which is young adults. Um, in the criminal justice system. There are a number of programs that are dealing with juveniles, um, but I think once we get up and running, we will be a national model. Does that extension to the South District predate this initiative, or is that directly part, did that come out of this Brothers Keeper? Well, <clears throat> it actually is something that started before this commitment to this initiative. Um, that said, it fits squarely in this initiative. Things that we have been doing fit squarely with this initiative. So I would say that what you see in Dane County right now, the community groups, the partners that are here, the uh, government entities, this has been our commitment. Um, it is now formalized in this initiative. Uh, thanks to the mayor and to the common council and to all our community partners for bringing it together. Um, so it will be interesting to see how um, 
we were able to move forward with everything that was going on prior to the commitment and now that uh, we have made a formal commitment. One of the things that the Madison Police is now exploring with our partners from the county as well as Time Bank, as well as the municipal court judge, is we're looking to target uh, a program for 12 to 16-year-old ordinance violations. I think in the past, uh, the ordinance violation has not received this sort of notoriety or claim it ought to be as that first sort of harmful event that can be the slippery slope and leading to other chronic behaviors. And so we've looked at our numbers in that particularly malleable population, and we're going to look at working with Time Bank and others and trying to create other dispositive outcomes that can move us with some wraparound services of substance beyond the traditional of what's been offered to date. I can't help but... Uh, make the connection to the work the school district is doing around restorative practice. So not just restorative justice. I mean, we are in this partnership with Time Bank. Um, but I think that um, all of the work that we're doing around behavior, which is about reducing exclusionary practice out of school suspensions, expulsions, which result um, in negative, a negative impact for our students and overly impacts our African-American boys and students with disabilities. Um, in addition to focusing on re reducing exclusionary practice, which we know has a negative impact, it's also about introducing the concept of progressive discipline, allowing students to get second chances to restore relationships. Um, I think that the work that we're doing very well aligns with the work that all of our partners are doing those students grow up and become adults. Um, so this is truly a joint city community-wide effort to help our young people learn together um, and for us to create an environment that doesn't uh, produce negative behavior that could lead to citation and arrest. Thanks. I have a couple of questions for you to follow up oh, on yeah. the full service schools. Sure. Unless someone else wanted to address the courts first, but... I wanted to stay, can we stay with this subject sure. just a second. Uh, Reverend G was not able to make it here today, and so I'm going to put Everett Mitchell on the spot. Um, but one of the things that's critical is the relationship of young men to older men. And so addressing the role of older men in the community in two ways is, is absolutely critical. One is those older men who have been in trouble in the criminal justice system in which there's been uh, some amazing stories of success through the, 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 the work of, 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 of Nehemiah and Fountain of Life Church. And then the second is the role of older men who are professionals and successful and the access they have to these younger men. And, and Everett Mitchell's been uh, engaged and I'd like just feel like this person. Thank you, Mayor Sullivan. One of the things, uh, the guiding principles of 100 Black Men of Madison or 100 Black Men National is that they they will be what they see. And if we're not involved in those young African American men's lives, then they're not going to be able to see themselves following paths that lead them toward higher education, toward civil engagement, toward nonprofit leadership. 
toward being able to see themselves involved in all kinds of different academic endeavors that don't lead to prison but lead to other places. And so the mayor is correct. Uh, Pastor G, along with other leaders in this community, have committed ourselves, recommitted ourselves, <clears throat> because many of us have already been doing this work uh, in this community, but to really work in partnership with the other partners around this room and in this community to say that uh, without a consistent effort of being involved in their lives, being able to assist them to be over to overcome those different barriers that they will find not only in Madison but also throughout this nation, then they won't be successful. And so that that underlying commitment that we have, the underlying commitment that we've always given, will be something that we continue to sustain. And hopefully that when we come back to see measurable results, the fact of guiding these young people, whether they're coming out of prison or whether they've never been to prison and they just want to have a career in higher education, that we're there to assist them in being able to do that. So thank you, Mayor. Service school. Yeah. Maybe you're not to the point of, of this yet, but um, do you see that as being like a school board uh, subcommittee or a community uh, committee that will look into that? It'll be both. Obviously, our school board will be heavily involved. Um, yeah, so we were recently granted $300,000 from the Madison Community Foundation um, to uh, develop a community schools or full school service schools model. Um, we'll be hiring someone to work over the upcoming year uh, across entities in the community. This is going to be a highly coordinated effort with city, with county, um, and most importantly, with community. I mean, this is in service of real people <laughs> with real needs, and we don't want to design uh, an approach on their behalf. It's about designing an approach uh, with our community um, that truly serves them. Well, um, the idea of a community school is one in which uh, schooling doesn't occur in the traditional sense, right, during school hours, but the school is open to the community. It's open uh, after school. It's open on the weekends, not just for recreation, um, which is important as a hub in the community, a place for community to gather um, and support one another, but uh, it's also a place where uh, essential services can be deployed in a much more coordinated effort. Um, we're really excited about this, but this will be a planning year, and we'll have to take it one step at a time. Um, smart planning will require success. Yeah, I think that's something we'll figure out over time. I mean, I think a lot of this is about coordination. I, I know everyone wants to go to the dollar amount. What will the commitment be? But I, I honestly think that there are, we need more always. But I think that we have a lot of resources in our community that are left um, untapped because of barriers to access. And so we're mostly focused on figuring out how to tear down those barriers to access and then if we find that there are places where financial resources are necessary because those services don't exist, um, we'll go after the money then. Okay, thanks. Any other questions? Um, it seems like every uh, single person that's here, so many organizations in Madison are so interconnected. Um, the, I know that you were doing a few initiatives before My Brother's Keeper came into play, but once that was finalized, did those relationships in the community strengthen, or how did they, they change from this? Uh, what I'm going to do is call on Dr. Anthony to, to give an answer. I think implicit in your question 
is the challenge that we've had, and that's why I earlier mentioned all the work that was done under the auspices of particularly United Way. Uh, the Urban League has been at the center of that, and yes, it is changing all of our relationships, and in some instances where they're just casual, they're going to be much stronger. So the, the Urban League of Greater Madison supports my brother a keeper my brother's keeper initiative it's a great thing when we're taking proactive steps uh, to talk about you know how we can make sure that african-american males have access to opportunities it's, it's it is um, improvement in this community when we have the law enforcement community um, being proactive working with nonprofits um, being uh, working with the school districts um, working with the churches and working with everybody to talk about, you know, how we can get, you know, ahead and talk about how we can great, create greater partnerships to make sure that African-American males um, have an opportunity uh, to have successful careers in school, but also when law enforcement is talking about, you know, how we can offer alternatives to uh, sending African-American men to jail, um, having these uh, alternative programs to talk about how the community can be involved in uh, helping these individuals uh, not only um, recognize that they have misstepped, but how we can rebuild them and send them back into the community so that they have uh, second chances uh, to achieve and be uh, productive individuals uh, in the community. So we're happy um, to see um, that this uh, initiative is uh, taking place at this time. We are happy uh, to partner with the city of Madison, and we're certainly proud of the work that the We Lab has done in researching this issue and connecting with the White House, and we're certainly um, happy um, that the, uh, uh, the policing organizations have stepped forward. Um, the six milestones that they have um, identified for my brother's keeper are certainly uh, those milestones that are consistent with the Urban League in terms of helping people uh, get early starts in school, uh, helping those folks um, have um, our, our great uh, third grade um, reading uh, levels, having high schools um, make people uh, and students ready for college, um, completing uh, post-secondary education training, and preparing a successful workforce, and keeping children on track so that they do have chances to go to colleges and have good lives. So, yes, this is a great step forward, and I, I believe it's, a, it's an expanded opportunity for the community to come together and make a difference. I just want to mention one, one more thing that predates um, that, that predates my, my, my brother's keeper. And as you've already seen, a lot of these were efforts that, that were begun in a previous time. But it's really important that we focus on toddlers, on children. And that's reflected in commitments for quality child care. It's also reflected in a commitment which uh, um, uh, Alderwoman uh, Bedar, uh, Chief of Bedar Silov can comment on, which is the working relationship between the school district and the city and our collaborative effort on out-of-school time. Um, so, yeah, I'll comment on, on um, as a member of the Committee on Education, which is the, the one committee where um, the school board members, um, county board supervisors, mayor's office, um, 
and um, alders from the city of Madison come together, and one of our initiatives has been working on um, a most initiative, which is out of school time, and trying to, again, figure out a way to um, create better access. And this is your question about is there more funding, and it's really to create a system where we really um, are fully utilizing um, the existing programs and, and allowing uh, families and, and children who may not even have known about those programs, may not have had the ability to access those programs and be able to create kind of a portal for um, accessing um, those programs. And at the same time, that also allows us to, of course, evaluate what the gaps may be, right? So there is, I think, that, that kind of second phase of, yes, there indeed is always need for more, um, but the first thing is to better coordinate what we have, and the second phase is to then um, really try to see what the gaps are. So um, you see that... Um, all of us are coming together as partners at many kind of different um, tables. But to your answer, I think it, it really shows that we're collectively committed um, to, to moving um, our, our city forward as it, as it um, works on issues of equity um, across um, our city. So. Any other questions? Uh, how has, have recent events, both nationally and locally, changed um, the initiative for My Brother's Keeper from uh, last year, the events in Ferguson, to um, Young Gifted in Black, uh, have kind of pairing with a lot of these, as well as the Tony Robinson shooting? How have those changed this? Well, as, as we indicated, and I think it's evident in uh, what the, the district attorney was saying, a lot of these activities date back one, two, three years. And what's happened is recent events have highlighted, particularly going back to the Race to Equity report, have highlighted the need for greater collaboration, greater alignment, and changing systems. And uh, it's, I think it's fortunate that we had leaders within the community uh, who were already addressing some of these, these, these issues uh, in the past, so that unlike other communities, we're not starting from scratch. Um, I just also wanted to mention two other people who are here uh, and have been committed. Uh, Alderwoman Rebecca Kemble's here, and so is Dr. Uh, Odom, who has worked with virtually everybody up here and has been a driving force in regards to quality of education, particularly for young African-American men. If not, any more questions? Thank you all for being here. Uh, and I look forward to coming back, uh, hopefully not too far into the future, and reporting on some great outcomes. Thank you.